Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hands. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2 Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. You know, every week we start off with our business partners on Monday morning at seven o'clock praying for every coworker and employee that we've got in mm-hmm. our uh, business office. Um, it is, uh, it's been fun doing that, coming alongside of them and doing that. It, it is, uh, and then we get to pray once a week with all of our people together. We do. And um, that's just all part of what's behind the I Work For Him Nation. It's not about Anything other than just making a commitment that you want to do more to impact the kingdom and do that in your workplace by praying specifically for your coworkers and employees. That's one of the things that we have found really to be a foundational part of that personal transformation. Well, and if there's any doubt in your mind that prayer makes a difference, look at yourself. If you're a Christ follower, how do you think you got to that point in your life? People were praying for you. Somebody was praying for you somewhere. And And prayer makes a difference. I mean, I've seen it so often. But in the workplace, I got an email uh, just last week from somebody who said, you know what, I I don't know what prompted it, but somebody in my workplace said, hey, can I pray with you? And then and we got to pray together over a specific situation in the workplace. And it's all because they knew that their their faith was out there being lived live and and they got an opportunity to pray with somebody else in their office. I mean, it makes a difference. It just it casts a whole different tone around the office. And so the challenge is, you know, I, we've been doing the show now, Martha, almost three years. We only done the I Work For Am Nation challenge for about six or seven months. but And we had problems with our website for, you know, five and a half of those months. 
we're looking for those people to make that commitment because Tampa Bay needs a revival. But it's not going to happen by dragging people to church. They all go to work. They're going to get the, the revival is going to be a backdoor revival. It's going to it's going to catch people unaware because they're going to be learning about Jesus and they're not even going to know they're learning about Jesus because we take Jesus into the workplace with us. So it's something I just if you're listening today, <laughs> that's that was supposed to make somebody laugh. I don't because know because they are listening. Well, if, they're if you're listening you. today, if they're hearing me say that, they're listening today. So you know. Oh, I just want to challenge you that this is something we say every day on the air, but just take it seriously. And not only should you be praying for your spouses, your your children, your family members, but pray for your coworkers and employees because it'll make a difference. But sometimes it does take a paradigm shift in our minds. And Romans 12 too, re- reminds us of that each and every day. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And that's really what it's all about every Tuesday, Martha, we take together on Tuesdays and we really talk about changing the way people think about marriage. And we've been studying this book, Seven Secrets to an Awesome Marriage, written by Dr. Kim Kimberling. And we're on secret number four. Really, it's all about fighting, but he puts a nice word in the beginning, engage. Just like Captain Kirk and uh, the uh, uh, when they said it in Star Trek, engage. Oh, that wasn't Captain Kirk. It was the other captain. It was Captain Picard's at engage. To get the engines to go, is yeah. that, isn't that what it was? And really, that's what you're talking about doing in our marriages. We're talking about engaging each other, because sometimes there's conflict. I, don't, we've, I know we always agree on everything, um, so we don't have any conflict. No, we don't. No, we don't? No. We don't agree? No. So you're disagreeing with me right on the air right now, <laughs> saying correct. we don't agree to I'm everything? I'm proving to everybody that we don't always agree. We don't I ag- don't think that people would find that too surprising. No. Actually, if they knew you, they'd go, well, obviously, Jim's just wrong all the time because you're perfect. So No. No. Yeah, I know you're not perfect, but I cause most of the conflict. Like, last night, we re- argued about something ridiculous that <laughs> I don't even know what it was about anymore. It was I that ridiculous. I don't either. It was something funny, but you know, Colossians 3, 18 through 19 says, wives submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Learning to engage each other when there's conflict, we don't need to yell and scream in order to get it done. And and I don't think I yell and scream like I used to before the Lord really worked on my anger, but I sometimes just say, you know, that frustrates me or that I don't get that. And why did you, I just try to understand you because sometimes I just don't get it. And when I'm tired, I don't know that I'm ever going to get it. I just have to usually say, I'm sorry. I love you. Please forgive me. But, and then good night. And then good night. Like, <laughs> although last night we said that at like eight 30, we should have gone to bed at eight 30. It would have been better. God, I just, I just need to get like 10 hours of sleep a night. Cause we work so many hours. I just, I'm tired all the time. Yeah. Your I know sleep habits are not very My boring. sleep habits? You're rolling all... Yeah. It's and, a good thing the two of you are going on a cruise. That's right. Speaking Today, of cruises, Thursday. Jose, that's right. February 18th through the 22nd, cruise your way to a better marriage. The third annual I Work For Him cruise coming up. We're going to Cozumel. And no, it's not all vacation for Martha and I, but it will be for you. If you choose to be one of those last-minute people to decide to sign up for the cruise, we've got some people considering it. We've got three couple spots left. That's right. And we'd love for you to join us. Uh, it is not too late. Just reach out on our website. You can find the cruise tab. Give Rick, our, our cruise planner, a call from Salty Breeze Cruise Planners, and he'll take care of you. We're yep. happy to have you join us because a lot of people look for that last minute opportunity. You know, they don't know six months ago what they wanted to do that weekend. Now it's, they can. It's so last minute that there's less than a month before we get back. That's how last minute it is. But we're talking about communication and forgiveness and money. And we're talking about 
Uh, Spiritual time management, couple breakout sessions on blended families and the biblically entrepreneurial family. Because marriage is important to society. In fact, Martha, marriage is so important to society that February 7th through the 14th is National Marriage Week USA. How appropriate, because it, of course, backs up to Valentine's Day. It does. So on the 2nd of February... That's next Tuesday. On the 2nd of February, we are actually bringing on the chairwoman of National Marriage Week USA onto the show, Sheila Weber, talking about that week and the celebration and why marriage is so important to society. It, the, the numbers are just... Actually, the the crazy media, which tells you constantly that it doesn't marriage doesn't matter, has actually released some amazing statistics, statistics recently that they don't like to admit, but that... Uh, kids that come from broken families have a much higher recidivism rate. Ooh, where's recidivism? Ah, wouldn't Mr. Gerlock be happy? He would be so proud. He of would be proud. He would be so, proud that I'm on the air using that word. So, Jim, for those of us that don't know, what is recidivism? Inclined to repeat crime. Oh, I know that I memorized that. I had a vocabulary class back in my senior year in high school. We had to memorize 1,500 words, and that was my favorite one. I don't know why. Well, that and the other one, which we're not going to talk about. Uh, but so what, what they're talking about is that kids that grow up in a broken family, they have a much higher significant crime and sin issue rate because they, uh, kids need moms and dads. Yeah. And marriages are impossible to have without a mom and a dad. I mean, it just it just doesn't work that we balance each other out. I mean, you've got incredible gifts, talents, and abilities from God. I've got a so-so set, but between the I two of us, it. you've got incredible gifts, talents, and abilities from God. Do I? <laughs> yes. Really? Yes. Okay. Well, I did wash dishes last night. Does that you count? Did. Thank but you. But I didn't vacuum last Saturday at nine o'clock in the morning when I was supposed to. Did you use soap on those dishes? Yes, I used soap <laughs> on the dishes. Good question. Just clarify. Do I have a mute button for you, Jose? I don't know. Nope. No. You do not because I am in control. Oh, no. God is in control. Yeah, All but right. Jose's got this covered. All right. So we're talking today about engaging how to fight right from the book, The Seven Secrets to an Awesome Marriage, written by Dr. Kim Kimberling. And, and I think it's really important that we talk about why is it important that we talk about fighting? Well, because conflict can have a lot of damage if it's not handled properly. You're in one of those really interesting moods. You're not hyper. You're not falling asleep. Well. <laughs> That's okay. I mean, it's, it, it, here's the deal. I mean, let's just, let's just tell people the obvious. Okay. Everybody who's married has arguments. But it's really important. We didn't necessarily learn in our homes that we grew up in how to appropriately um, engage in conflict resolution. Correct. Some households, people grew up with screaming, yelling, throwing, hitting, smashing. Some households grew up with some people grew up in households where they didn't say anything. There was no conflict, no confrontation. Everybody just swept under the rug and the rug was lumpy. Yes. And then there's everything in between, because sometimes people, you know, they disagree, but they have the silent treatment or in or they uh, do other ways or they do it. They have their arguments behind closed doors and the kids just don't know. They have no idea how their parents solved any conflicts or issues or conversations that just they didn't see eye to eye. There are a lot of people that probably fall into that category because their parents in it used to be 
believe that, you know, you should never have that kind of discussion in front of your kids. Now, I don't think you should necessarily fight in front of your kids, but letting your kids see you work through a conflict, there is nothing healthier than that. Okay, yeah. well, there might be other things that well, are healthier was, than no, that. No, no, no. I mean, well, I mean I, it's important. Well, we were very transparent with our kids. We argued in front of the kids. That's mostly because I did. You always tell me, Jim, lower your voice. I mean, I, I had anger issues when we first got married. So it, it's we've worked through a lot of that stuff. But our kids saw us how to anger, how to get angry, how to fight, but also how to resolve stuff. And they knew that we loved each other. And that was really important to them. But it was also really important to our kids. We, we talked to them about money openly. We talked to them about, I mean, the struggles in life. They didn't they didn't live in a little bubble thinking that everything was, uh, you know, all Pollyannic, as my brother-in-law loves that word, Pollyannic world. So I, I it's... We, I think we were real. I'm not sure I demonstrated um, my best behavior at all times. But well, it, none of us are able to show our best behavior at all times. I mean, that would be per- being perfect, and we all fall short of that. So I think for us, the key to that was, um, you know, just saying, hey, I messed up. We we shouldn't have been having that argument, or we shouldn't. Have, I shouldn't have talked to your mom that way, or I shouldn't have whatever, you know, and and we've had those conversations probably more than we wanted to, but those were things that were, that's real life. And um, being real is really important when you're talking with the kids and trying to teach them how to have their marriages, because then the next step of that is, okay, what could we have avoided? I could have done this differently. And I'm trying to be better at how I communicate. I totally think I'd be better at raising kids and we do better job now. With all the experience that I've gotten. Well, so we should start over again. There you go. Let's just adopt. Let's just adopt some kids. We can start over again. They'll be out of high school before we're 70. Let's have this discussion later. No, Not on the air? Okay. <laughs> Fine. Okay. All right. So, But I think it's important to understand how people think. Because it is true that some people would just rather avoid conflict at all costs to an extraordinarily healthy level. And some people will, will broach conflict regardless of the cost. And then there's people in between. But it's important to understand who your spouse is. And that's one of those conversations, I think, when we were dating. We talked about, okay, how do your parents argue? How do my parents argue? And how are we going to argue? I don't know that we argued much when we were dating. Yes, we did. We argued about the engagement ring. You wanted to get engaged, and I kept telling you we weren't going to get engaged. We need to put it off, put it off. And I made you cry because I had a plan, and you kept messing with my plan. Yeah, but so it wasn't really argue. It. Arg- I don't it remember was, arguing, you, but it made me cry. I'm but that sorry. doesn't mean that we were arguing. It's because but- I had a plan. If I had told you I had a plan, it would have messed everything up. Yeah, I don't know how you could have gotten around that. You I'm, just you just were going to get tears. Did I, <laughs> did, I, that. did I ever say I was sorry and that I love you? Yes. Please forgive me. Okay, good, because I, I really didn't mean to do that. I got the... But I had a big plan. I know, and it was very sweet. Okay. Even right up to the time when I fooled you right when I was giving you the ring? Yes. Have we ever told that story on air? Probably, but I don't think we have time for it today. We we're talking about conflict. Okay. This is a good story. Okay. All right. You want to go? All right. So when we were dating, we, we, did, we went on our first date May 11th, 1984. Yes, we just dated ourselves. Do the short version. Sorry. And, and, the, <laughs> and the weather outside was delightful. We walked outside under the stars. We walked through Minnehaha Park and overlooked the falls of Minnehaha, laughing waters. 
which right now are probably frozen solid. Probably. Because <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's winter. So we were at a church alternative prom. We, we went on our first date. I came home the next morning. I told my mom, I'm going to marry Martha. And that started a one-year plan for engagement. And so all during the year, I had this planned out. We were going to reproduce our first date at the same place. But I started buying Martha gumball rings. And I give her a gumball ring here and there. And, and so the night, I had a plan for that. Because the night we got engaged, I put... Martha's engagement ring in a gumball. What do they call it? It's just plastic container. gumball container, bubble, Not, bubble container. Mm-hmm. And and I gave it to her and I said, you know, I really wanted tonight because it was the anniversary of her first date to be the to be the anniversary the day we got engaged. But I don't want everybody to know. And 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 I I had already proposed and you were all excited. And then I told you that and you you just deflated. I'm like Jim, you're such a jerk. <laughs> So she opens up the gumball container the, it, from the gumball machine. Thinking it was going to be another a plastic, plastic ring. ring. But it wasn't. It, wasn't. it, it was, was the, the real deal. And then she got all excited and she jumped across the table and spilled Catawba juice all over the fried chicken from Kentucky Fried Chicken. But it was worth it. And I pulled off the score of the century because I married the most incredible woman in the world. And there was a whole range of emotions. She <laughs> wanted to smack me and kiss me. Yeah, yeah, I never have asked you why you why you thought you wanted to keep it a secret. I just was making it up so I could deliver. I was working on the message. Got it. I wanted you to really believe it was going to be a fake ring. Got it. Okay. And then we went to a Petra concert. Yep. That's right. Okay, so conflict. Honey, you got to get stay on point. Got to stay on point. I think people want to hear those stories from us, though. I think they do. I'd want to know. Well, maybe I wouldn't want to. I think people want to know. And, and people just saw Martha's face. She's just looking at me going, what next are you? What are you going to go to next? Are you going to stay focused? Are we talking about Welcome fighting to today my or not? world. We just brace, I brace myself. That movie, Up, was one of the greatest movies ever. It defined what we've known for so long, this whole idea squirrel. of Squirrel. I just, that is, it is just, you know what? We should watch the movie. It was such a great love that story. It was a good movie. It, okay. was, it was a great story. We should really do Maybe we can, wait, yeah, we should. Okay. We should rent it. Okay. Or... Get it on Netflix. That's probably not on Netflix. All right. So we need to find a way to be able to speak truth into each other's lives when we see issues that our spouses have, but we got to be able to do it in a way that doesn't crush them. We got to be able to do it in a way that doesn't cause World War Four. Uh, we, we, but how do you do that? How, what's the proper way to say, honey, you got issues? And to say that in a loving, empathetic way, because none of us embraces criticism. And if you do, you probably feel really bad about yourself because you're embracing it all the time and never let go of it. So listen, as you're listening and tuning in, whether you're on iHeartRadio or Let'sTalkFaith.com, or maybe you're listening on the AM radio in your car, or maybe the podcast or the download from our website on iWorkForHim.com, we're so grateful you're tuning in as we talk about... The number four secret to an awesome marriage, which is learning how to fight right. Engage. Learn to fight right. From this book that we've been studying the last several weeks by Dr. Kim Kimberling, Seven Secrets to an Awesome Marriage. No, Dr. Kim Kimberling didn't pay us to go through this book. We just found it and thought, that's some subjects we could actually go through on the air. And that's what we try to do on Tuesdays. We try to just bring attention to things that will help you fight for your marriage, strengthen your marriage. That's why we do the marriage cruise. Just we want to help couples fight. For the marriage, in an appropriate way. We really want people to work on the marriage. And some days it does feel like a battle. And other days it's like a fairy tale ending. And that's what most days are like with you, baby. That's so sweet. So we were talking about before the break. <laughs> I think Jose just got a bloody forehead as he hit it on, <laughs> hey. as he hit it on the table. That's so sweet. Moving right on. 
moving wow. right on. Right, okay, so, so we were talking about before the break about what you need to do in order to be able to start that tough conversation um, with your spouse. And what the book talks about in chapter, the four, well, secret number four, I don't actually know if it's chapter number four, but um, is that you need to f- build a strong foundation of love and trust. And that is how you can then have the um, opportunity and the, I don't know if you want to use the word courage, but you know that you can speak truth into that other person because you have built your relationship on love and trust. Well, and what's important to note there is that that's what the dating period is for, is to build that relationship of love and trust. But unfortunately, some of you listening built your relationship with your spouse based on an extraordinarily heavy physical involvement and that doesn't build love and trust it's just all about hormones and physicalness and so you may need to step back a little bit and work on building the love and trust because if you spend your dating life wrapped with your arms wrapped around each other and physically then uh, you may have neglected this part of the dating process learning to love and trust each other no, that wasn't in the book, but that's what we have seen, Martha, as we've mentored couples. We see that some couples just really focused on not building love and trust in their dating relationship, but they got married anyway. Yeah, and I think just like anything else, when we're talking about it, it's like, man, we wish we could have gone back and known more or learned more or paid more attention or asked the tough questions, but getting the opportunity now to say, okay, what can I do now to build that strong foundation so that we can have good conversations about things instead of everything always going to a point of high conflict. So I think it starts with forgiving past fights. Because one of the things we've seen some couples do when we've gone through mentoring with them is that uh, one spouse or the other can recount all of the past sins of their spouse for one decade or two in the in the past. Yeah, and there's nothing fun about revisiting Um, arguments that you've had over and over. And, you know, you may have already asked for forgiveness or given forgiveness regarding that, but then you just are pouring salt in the wounds all the time. Bring it back up and and be fighting that same fight over and over again. I'm not even sure it's salt. What was that stuff that our parents poured on stuff? Oh, uh, um, methylate. Yeah. I think it's more like that. (laughs) What was that? What was that back teen stuff? And they put it on there like, oh, oh." I mean, that's what this, I mean, how, when you gave your life to Christ, and maybe that was 10 years ago, or maybe that was five years ago, maybe it was a year ago, Have you? does, does he keep recounting all of the sins of your past? No, no. He said, I will throw your sins as far as the east is from the west. I've paid the price for them past, present, and future. He doesn't recount them. And we've got to learn to demonstrate that in our marriages. But we, some of us learned from our parents uh, that you never let go of anything because you ne- you never know when you could use it. It could come in handy. Yeah. Whether that would be a physical item, like my mom and her college textbooks. Mom, I love you. I know you're listening. She didn't want to ever let go of them. I know she finally did. That's well, I'm not sure. The rats ate most of them, but... Oh. That was a box that you carried, the ones full of rats? Yeah, thanks. Yeah, okay. okay. All right. But, you know, so do you store up every every little thing and then use it as ammunition or... Are you good at just letting go? And when somebody says, please forgive me, I love you, do you just say, okay? Because you're not perfect either. I love this um, little quote from the book. And it says that we are, the good thing to do is to, in order to move forward, identify the problem, work it out, and move on. And then it says, leaving the solved issue behind. So if you actually 
you know, worked through a conflict and you solved it, you came to a resolution on it, leave it behind. It's like so many of us, even those we want to bring back up. And it's like, okay, we worked on that. We got that to a really good point and leave it there and, and move forward. All right. So the next one would be choosing your words wisely. How many of us in the midst of an argument say stupid, painful, regrettable things? Oh, I bet we all do. I don't know that you ever have. Oh, yes. I know I have. Oh, yes. Can you think of one thing you've said? I'm, not, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, because I'm leaving that behind in the past. <laughs> I, I don't keep track of stuff I'm, like that. I was kidding. But I know, but There's I a little just, humor. Is everybody having a hard time today with humor? I don't know what the problem is. No, but you know what? We have actually talked about that, though, because um, I just don't keep track of that kind of stuff. It's just I'm the way so, I am. I am but so glad. You'd I, weigh 400 pounds if you keep track of all my issues. Why? Because you'd be carrying them on your back. That'd be terrible. Oh, be terrible because I got so many issues, what I'm saying. Okay. She's really skinny, just in case you're wondering. So in the book, it quotes James 3, 8. And I would love to, I didn't look at what translation this is, but it's a good one. But no human being can tame the tongue. Now, that doesn't mean that we can't allow God to control our tongue, tongue but complete taming, you know, would be... Um, perfect like where an animal never does anything wrong you know it's a completely tamed animal uh that means there's always room for error i think you need to read the rest of the verse though okay because it says no human being can tame the tongue it is a restless evil full of deadly poison i mean here's the deal you can't hurt somebody's feelings if all you ever do is think it in your head you can kill yourself thinking things like that but you can't hurt other people if you never say those words I mean, you may have, we may have those battles in your head and have all this internal yeah. anxiety, but it never will hurt anybody else. But if you let them out, then they can never, it's hard to forget that. Well, when once the says cat's something. out of the bag, you can't get the cat back in the bag. That's what they say. That's what they say. And I'm not who sure they are, who they but are I'm sure for sure. Pretty well, wise. They probably tried. They probably had a cat in a bag, and after that, they never could get a cat back in the bag. I'm not sure how you would ever even get it I'm in the bag. I'm not sure. Maybe it was sleeping, maybe it was drugged. Maybe. Yes. Okay. So choosing your words wisely, you know, be careful not to. I I think one of the things that Martha has helped me learn is to not be so uh, when I've got an issue. Although with Martha, this is very tough because she takes everything very seriously when I say it because she really wants to be an incredible wife. And so I don't ever want to criticize her. But when I say anything, she takes it very personally when I just want to I just want to be able to communicate something. So it's it's hard. You got to be gentle. And I'm not gifted with gentle words so how can i do it better um the sandwich approach is always good i'm always telling you how gorgeous you are well i know but like uh i'm you're just asked so that's what i'm just throwing out there that's always a good start for some people is to say something and that what that means is like you have your bread and then you have your lunch meat and then you have your bread what about the pickles bread okay well you could have a lot of other accessories like you like your favorite peanut sandwich. Butter, peanut butter, jelly, pickles, and salami. So there's a lot of things between those pieces of bread for Jim. So And I'm not kidding. Anyway, so like the bread is the compliments. And the thing in between is the, the thing that you need to, to deal with. And that works really well in work situations as well, too, where you say, you know what? I really love how you're working on this project. You're doing a great job. But I need you to fine-tune this area it's a little weak and then we're going to be able to get it done on time and i just know that you're going to do a great job so you know that kind of an example so doing stuff like that but i think just um 
you know, the book talks about if you're always critical, then it's hard to hear the thing that's really important that somebody has to share with you. And also just being careful and not turning those things into like holding a grudge and allowing yourself to argue because you're irritated by it and you've never told your spouse. So you've got to figure out a way to have that conversation. I love this comment, final comment from this part of the chapter on engaging how to fight right from the seven secrets to an awesome marriage. Ask God to help you speak words of love and life in your relationship with your spouse, especially with your spouse because I mean we, we've got we, we need to speak love and that's what Jesus did he was he sometimes pointed out issues with people but he spoke life into them he didn't suck the life out of them and that's how fighting can be very destructive if you just spend some time thinking before you speak in fact that verse from James be quick to listen slow to speak slow to become angry as we learn to engage in our marriages and learn to fight right. Hey, you just tuned back in to I Work Ram together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha Brangenberg as we take on your relationship and marriage issues every Tuesday because here's the deal. If your relationships at home are a mess, you carry it with you into the workplace. Bottom line, you cannot separate. You're even the best compartmentalized man on earth cannot separate a crumbling or messed up home life from his job. Can't be done. Can't be done. You know, the other side of that, too, is is that if you learn how to, to fight right in your marriage, it helps you in relating to other people as well because you've seen the benefits of having a good foundation in the relationship, being able to put the past behind you when something's forgiven. Some of the things we're talking about, how to pick your words when you're trying to have a conversation about a conflict All of those things can help you in your workplace, too, or other places where you're maybe in ministry or doing volunteer work where you're going to have conflict. Well, I mean, and that's really I I love the way you just said that, because here's here's the deal. We can um, we're going to have conflict no matter where we go, because there's human beings involved. Yes. So in our workplace, if we don't apply some of these methods to working through conflict people in a workplace, then what we end up doing is switching jobs every couple of years. Or maybe every six months. Or maybe you get fired all the time because you cause conflict. Whatever it may be, you have to... I mean, we got to work through conflict. And if you keep avoiding conflict, you'll be miserable all your life. I mean, conflict is not bad. It's just difficult. All right. So we've talked about forgiving past fights, choosing your words wisely. How about choosing your battles? That was something we learned with our teenagers. Somebody told us, listen, don't major on the minors. Major on the majors. Right. So if they want to grow their hair long, who cares? It's not a reflection of their character. If they want to have, I, I, I don't know, they want to, I don't know, if they want to wear dark mama. fingernail polish yeah, or right. something you just don't like. What, Jose's what's that Jose, what was that? A mohawk. A, a mohawk. mohawk. Hey, Jim would be, Jim I would, would have like been that. all for that. There you go. I'd rather have a mohawk but, than yeah, a little... You know, people would say to us, and we took this um, advice to heart is, is this a mountain to die on? Right. Is this the thing that's going to define your relationship with your kids, with whoever else you're having the conflict with? Or is there something way more important that you want to be a part of your um, where you're building their character? And is this something that really is going to affect? Which that? is we should really apologize to our daughter-in-law, Amelia, because one of the things we decided to not major on was Joshua's inability to pick up all of the time behind himself. 
In his room. In his room. So we, we're sorry, Amelia. So <laughs> we, we decided to focus on other higher character quality issues, and that was not one of them. And, and, and yeah, so when someday when Sarah gets married, we'll have some things to apologize to her husband about, too. But you All know right, what, though? Be- the what? other things that we did focus on, I mean, wonderful, wonderful young man. And, oh, and, our son is unbelievable. Yeah, so... Oh, he's just like his mother. Uh, Super no, sweet. So, but I think that that was really good advice, because is the most important thing about our kid to have a neat bedroom or to love the Lord and and get in the word every day. I'd rather have him have a neat heart than a A neat neat heart. Oh, that was really good. That was good. I wrote that down. No, I didn't. All right. But choosing our battles. How about within our own relationship, choosing our battles? I I know that uh, I decided right from the beginning that you'd never have to worry about me leaving the toilet seat up. I am super intentional about always making sure the toilet seat's not because I don't want to have a battle about that. Thanks. And I'm constantly coming behind gentlemen that violate that in my own house when they come visit. Leave the toilet seat up. Come on, guys. Be crying all out. Put the toilet seat down. So that's not a battle. But what are some of the things that that you just have stopped fighting with me about? Do you know? Um, hmm. I try that's, not to do things that annoy you well, anyway. Again, but, that's not one of those things I sit there and go, okay, I'm giving this okay, up again Okay, but what today. do I do that drives you crazy that you don't even bother bringing it up anymore? I have to think about that one. I can Me contribute. Too. No, okay. you're not in our yeah, house. Okay. How would you know? Tell okay, me, go ahead, Jose. Just from my own personal oh, experience. There you go. Okay, okay. Well, my wife doesn't get on to me anymore because whenever I uh, I do the dishes and I put things away, she's not quite as um, bent out of shape when something is not precisely where it's supposed to be located. Uh, for instance, a pot or a, a saucepan is in the middle cabinet as opposed to the one in the extreme right hand side. Stuff like that. She used to get on to me. She no longer does. That's Aww. nice. And that's, you know, the, the washing that's dishes. Good. We've had that conversation on the air about the washing yes, dishes thing because I didn't stack them right, and then and then which is which is one of those things we stopped arguing about how we put the dishes in the dishwasher for a while. For, for a while, I just stopped. I said, "Fine, I'm not going to put them in the dishwasher anymore." Apparently, I did not know that plates could go in facing forward or facing back and they'd still get clean yeah and so i just just got frustrated so i just stopped doing it and now we don't even use the dishwasher which we should probably use it because oh i did a couple okay good all right but like doing laundry we both do laundry completely differently oh i know what you've no because you made me fold this you made me fold the towels right you or you go behind if i fold the towels wrong you just go behind me and fix the towels But I don't bring it up to you anymore. (laughs) And sometimes I, you know, I think that's probably the best thing that came out of um, the last couple of years is that little theme song, Let It Go, because I sing that in my head a lot. What? You're saying it a lot? So you're saying all kinds no. of things I do that oh, drive me crazy? Goodness, not just you, like life oh, in general. Oh, not just me. There's, there's people that drive no, me crazy like, other than me is what you're saying. Oh, my goodness. Because I like, I found about myself that I like things a certain way and it's not it's not making a difference it's in called, my world it's called being retentive honey it's okay okay she does like things in their place and we're both pretty good about that though yeah but but i'm there are things that just doesn't matter and that's okay and i just need to let them go <laughs> but then if there's something that really is is critical that's one of the things that this is just talking about choosing which things is it really a battle and are those things that we really need to um focus on and pay our attention to because it's kind of like we're running out of time i know there's so much to talk about but it's like when we're driving and somebody um cuts you off and 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 that makes you upset 
I don't like the fact that somebody we don't even know is taking your energy, you know, like that. So I don't want to do this. Somebody's energy on this on the way here. today. I don't want to do that with picking the wrong battle too. to if we waste our energy on talking about how the towels should be folded and we're not focusing on when we should be getting in the word and praying together, you know, you know, it's it's that's the wrong priority. So picking what things we're going to battle about choosing and then choosing the battle. Right. And, and we do sometimes say to ourselves, like, should we, we shouldn't be arguing about this. This is just mm-hmm. stupid. Now, sometimes you know, on TV, you notice a lot of the couples, they like a lot of that stuff doesn't ever come to that kind of conversation. does in real life. Well, no, because it's I know it's a script. It's a television show. No, it's a script. And if anybody can tell, this is not all, you know, yeah, we have things we want to talk about, but we're just. Our conversations are not scripted. <laughs> just in case you. There's times Martha wishes they were scripted. A little more Andre now. Okay. So. All right. So we really need to develop a new fight strategy. I mean, that's, that's really what the, the uh, that this chapter really brings forward is that we need to bring a new fight strategy to the table. Yep. And that starts with prayer. Praying the guide will guide the process for you as a couple. Well, let's just make that clear. Impossible to do when you're angry, screaming, yelling. You need to go have a timeout, which is another thing in the future But yeah. that we're talking about. But if you need to pray with each other, you got a conflict going on, you need to pray. Just just take a minute, deep breath, and then pray. Because it's sometimes very... No, it's not sometimes. It is always very hard to pray if you're angry. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it is. But it's, it's like impossible. When you're angry, it's impossible to pray. Which probably makes sense because if you're really talking to God, which you are, and you're angry, that's really very dishonoring to God. Why would he want you in his presence if you're all angry? So, so just take a deep breath. Martha rubs my arm, tells me to calm down. Calm down. It's not important. <laughs> it doesn't work. Drives me nuts when she does that, but it's cute because she means well. Okay, so we better get through these points. Then. Well, we ought to get through at least these five before we're done. Yeah. So we need to agree on the problem. And then each of us take responsibility for our input into that problem. Wait, but, but you, but you, in the pray. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we, we need to step back and pray, but then we need to say, okay, maybe this isn't the greatest time to talk about this right now. Let's set aside a time. And that's one thing we do with couples when we talk to them in marriage mentoring. We say, okay, listen, every day you need to pray together. But you also need to set aside, am I boring you? Set aside, my wife's yawning on me, set aside time to talk about issues a certain time every day that it's not a volatile time of day. So if you get tired at nine o'clock at night, do not have conversations at nine o'clock at night. In fact, we have a rule, no serious conversations after nine. Anybody who's been listening for a while probably knows that rule by now. (laughs) And we have violated it multiple times in the last two weeks. But find a time and place. Some that may be first thing in the morning for some people. Then it, when you set aside a time in the future, that eliminates the emotion from it. So mm-hmm. pray and decide a time when you're actually going to talk about the issue. Okay. Now you can go ahead and agree on what the problem actually is, and then each of you take responsibility for the part that you contributed. Honestly, this would solve every marriage problem ever created. Since the beginning of time, if we would just take responsibility for our own actions and stop expecting our spouses to be perfect, um, it would solve all the issues. We always tell couples uh, that if you would just pursue God and allow him to work on your heart, it would solve the problems in your marriage if you both would just do that. But so often we're worried about our spouse's sins instead of our own. But taking responsibility for our own part is huge, Martha. Huge. It is. It is. And and often a lot of these steps cre- cause you to need to be humble. And say, you know what, I am 
I didn't do this right or I whatever, you know, and so that's a big part of the process. So number three. All right. You're going to talk about that. I was getting distracted by the squeaky chair. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I was was thinking maybe I'd do it more because the chair, I don't know. It's the weather. I think the chair. Yeah. Okay. So so in the dare to be different marriage mentoring program, which we use all the time, it's from dare to be different.com. It has four steps around the basis. And that's what this is. This process is really going through. It really is. It, you know, the, the, what you, first base is not what you think. First base is um, identify an issue that you have. Second base is talk about possible solutions. Do I have that right? Identify, dare, discuss. Uh, well, I don't remember. Okay. I know, so, yeah, the first base is just you got a problem. Second base is you talk about um, both sides of the problem. Third base, you discuss both sides of potential solutions of the problem. And home base is you get, you, you agree to mm-hmm. a, a, the problem. And that's what this is really talking about doing here. It's talking about you agree you have a problem, which that's usually pretty easy to understand. And then you discuss possible solutions. Right. And then you come to a compromise. I mean, if you say, hey, I've got to go to the library five times a week, you say, I got to, we can only go to the library one time a week. Maybe you could compromise on two. You don't. You you can't in a marriage. You can't hold your ground all the time unless it is something of moral or or ethical standing. But if it's something that is negotiable, then negotiate because mm-hmm. we don't need to be stubborn. No, we don't. But it comes easy though. Yes. So when you're talking about um, the possible solutions, then both of you giving input and saying, you know, this is something that I think we can do, and then the important part of this. Problem solving is you both need to be in 100% agreement. You be, both need to say, okay, this is what we're going to try. This is how we're going to solve this conflict or what we're going to do. And you both have to give it 100%. That's right. And then you need to revisit it. Mm-hmm. How am I doing, Martha? Am I, am I making progress where I need to be making progress? I mean, you need to revisit it. And then celebrate your success. I mean, and really, that's part of the process so much in this, but go on a date and celebrate your success. Do something. Hey, because if you're going to be married, you got to learn to fight right. And we're not talking about fisticuffs and throwing things and screaming and yelling. No, because that's not fighting right. That's how three, three-year-olds fight. Then sometimes that's how adults fight. But that's not how we honor our Heavenly Father. You know, even Moses argued with the Lord. Remember that conversation? Lord, I can't do this. Yes, you can. I can't do this. You need to find somebody. You can do it. You need to find somebody else. I cannot do it. You, no, you're going to do this. You, no, I can't. Fine, I'll use your brother. Oh, not my brother! No, I mean, it's... <laughs> Do you think he talked like that? That sounds like a cartoon. It, it might have. I don't know. All right, so we're talking about how to fight right. And we just reviewed, like, the, the plan on how to actually... This fight strategy. We're going to do these other points next week. Sorry. Okay, so the, the, the fight strategy. A new fight strategy. Pray, calm down, and then set aside a time for you to talk through difficult issues. Agree on the problem. First, mm-hmm. state your problem. State your perspective. Both of your perspectives. And just lay it all out there. And then discuss possible solutions. Right. And then once you uh, do that, then you need to go back and look at it and reevaluate yourselves and say, how are we doing on this? Are we doing better? And then if you are doing better, to celebrate it. To say, hey, you know what? We're making progress. It's kind of nice not having as many of these big 
conflicts that we don't ever resolve. You know, you said something earlier as we close out the show. You said something earlier that was powerful. Learning how to deal with conflict at home will really help us in the workplace. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's conflict in the workplace. I don't know. When you get a bunch of people together and they're working together and they spend more time at work than they do at home, you got to be able to work through conflict and because everybody sees things differently. And the unfortunate part of work is you don't have 50 years of experience of living with them. You have to figure it out. So it's working through the strategy, trying to identify, just trying to be a mature 20, 30, 40-year-old working through issues. It's so, so important. Hey, thanks for tuning in today to Together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Tune in for a future episode when we uh, talk about uh, finishing up how to fight right. Thanks for our show sponsors. They're all listed on the front page of our website, iworkforhim.com. What did you learn today about how you can make an impact on your workplace? What did you do today to make a difference in this city? today that we can make an impact in our workplace by learning how to deal with conflict. If there's one thing that drives me crazy in a workplace is people that are stepping around gingerly on eggshells because they've got a conflict going on with people. If you've got an issue with somebody, you just need to set them aside and and, and without yelling or screaming, just talk through the issues. Because normally if you've got an issue with somebody, they may have an issue with you as well. But it's a matter of this new fight strategy. Pray about it ahead of time. Agree on a time you can meet, then kind of lay it out there for people to understand, hey, this is the issue that I'm struggling with with you. And then and you talk about this possible solutions, and then you agree to a solution, and then readdress it. It's just accountability. But honestly, people, our, the world we live in needs a fight strategy. They need to know how to work with conflict, because so many people around you and me and around Martha, they all avoid conflict we got to do it. It's going to help us take this city. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We own our own business, and we're Christ followers. But ultimately, I I work work for him. him.